Can anyone remember, ages ago, when I last kind of preached the full sermon, um, we talked about Jesus offering to eat from the tree of life. Do you remember that? To those who are, they will get to eat from the tree of life. Now, can you remember who it was? It was the something... It is, it is in Revelation. Okay, I want the word though. Who are, we, who are the ones that get to eat from the tree of life? It's the overcomers. Overcomers? No. And actually, I mean, it's conquerors. Conquerors. Close. All right. Andy has always amazed us with his Bible knowledge. And he's amazed again by saying, yeah, it's definitely a revelation. But actually, Andy... <laughs> no, he's right, but he's wrong as well. Actually... Yes, that one's when Well, actually, he's probably not wrong, but we'll find out in a minute. Okay, so... Conquerors, no. Linda? The victorious, the victorious, let's turn there, Revelation 2, 7. It's the victorious. Does anyone here today feel victorious? Yes? Maynard feels very fad, feels victorious. Anyone else feel victorious? Oh, yeah, Sarah. Sarah feels victorious. Well, I would say to you, those that aren't feeling that victorious this morning, or just didn't want to put your hands up, that maybe not feeling victorious, but sitting right here, or zooming at home, or reading your Bible at home, is actually a good sign sometimes. It's good to feel victorious, but you know what? It's easy, isn't it, to feel victorious when things are going okay. Uh, and when you're in church, you get that boost, don't you, where you feel, even though things are bad during the worship, it's such a gift, isn't it? To turn... Yeah, I mean, you don't know what I'm going to say, yeah? But yeah, thanks, Jackie. Just to worship. Okay, yes, I was going to say, yes. Yeah, it's such a gift, isn't it, to turn um, carols into the type of worship we had. Do you appreciate Chris? Thank you, Chris, for, for being such a gift to us. Yeah. We've got gifted worship leaders and all sorts of gifted people at the green. Um, where are we going? Revelation 2 7. Um, I'm in Job. I'll keep that there. All right. It says, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. David, David says, If anyone can guess the word, I'll get the right to eat the tree of chocolate. Victorious. If you're not feeling victorious, it can be a good sign that actually you are victorious. You're just going through it right now. Um, now, let's ask Andy, shall we? How many times? How many times in the book of Revelation, or the, in the letters actually, just say the letters, the seven letters, how many times does Jesus talk about people being victorious? You don't know. Fads, yeah, and Mike at the back, seven times, 
Seven times in every letter to the churches, Jesus uses the phrase, to the one who is victorious. So Jesus wants us to be victorious. But what does it mean to be victorious? Even if you're not feeling victorious, it might be a good sign that you actually are victorious, especially if you're going through it right now. Well, what do you think Jesus means by to the one who is victorious. What does it mean to be victorious? To overcome. To overcome, overcome what? Yeah. To be victorious, you have to be challenged, don't you? You have to overcome something in order to be victorious. Now, what is it that Jesus wants us to be victorious over? Death. What is the sign of victory? Well, yeah. When you look at the, when you look at the letters, Jesus is concerned about Christians, a Christian's relationship, their love for him their faith and their trust in him. I know you good deeds, I know you do this, I know you do that, but you've forgotten your first love. To be victorious is to be victorious in your trust, in your faith, in your love, in your devotion to God, despite the circumstances. That's what it means to be victorious. You can't be victorious unless you've been challenged. And so if you're going through a challenge right now and you're still clinging on to Jesus, you are victorious. You might not feel like you're victorious because you're going through it. But what Jesus is saying is those that... Jesus, to one letter, he said, I know what's going to happen to you. Satan is going to put you in prison for ten days. And some of you are going to die. But hold on. And to the ones who are victorious... I shall give, I don't know what he says in that letter. Andy, do you know what he says in that letter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Being victorious. Now, for your devotion to Jesus to be victorious, it must be challenged. And who is it that has been present right from the garden? We mentioned Adam and Eve earlier. Who is it that's been present right from the garden of Eden that has been desiring to challenge people's devotion to God? Satan. Okay. Let's turn to Job. We'll quickly turn to Job. This is going to be very short. That's why I'm in Job. Yeah, we'll turn to chapter one. <laughs> we know we know what tactics Satan used to tempt Adam and Eve away from their devotion to God, their obedience to God. But he's since then he's expanded his tactics, and we're just going to look quickly to see what kind of tactics he's used later on that he may be using today. Okay. Uh, we'll read from Job. If, if found Job, it's kind of like a third of the way in. And we'll start from um, six, verse 6. 
Job 1, verse 6. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. And later on in New Testament, we read that he is roaming, seeking whom he may devour. Is that right? He's like a prowling lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's been roaming back and forth from the earth. We know he still does that. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Something bad is going to happen to Job, isn't it, in his family in a moment? Did he deserve it? There's no one like Job. He's righteous, he's faithful. Are you going through it now? Do you deserve it? Sometimes we think that, though, don't we? We even look at other people and go, ah, I wonder what they did. Even Christians, they come down with something or something happens, we think, oh, I wonder what they did to deserve that. He didn't deserve it. The enemy was looking for someone to have a go at. Does Job fear for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and he will surely curse you to your face. What's the desire of Satan for you to... Well, later on, Job's wife actually spoke those words that Satan wanted her to speak. Job, just curse God and die. Satan wants you to disobey God. He doesn't want you to love God. He doesn't want you to cling to God. He wants you to turn away, tear yourself from him, reject him. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Okay, so here's some of the things that Satan actually does to Job. So Satan went out of the presence of the Lord. One day, when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were ploughing and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So who was really behind these Sabaeans attacking? Satan. Satan. Was God? I mean, God, yes, in the background allowed it, but was God the cause? Was God the blame? Was God the problem? No. So can Satan stir up nation or people or person to fight against someone else, to have an argument, to do something wrong? While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So some kind of a lightning or fire, whatever it is, came down. Can Satan do that? Was it the fire of God? No. Did the, did the servant know any better? No. My natural thinking, oh, God's done this. What happens, does, it, is it, does anyone know of insurance, but do they still call insurance things like you know, acts of God? Do they still do? Are they acts of God? Does God get the blame? 
While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camel, swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So his children, so his servants have been killed by the Sabaeans, and then some more servants have been killed, and some of his property has been stolen as well. And while he was still speaking, this is 28, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, when suddenly a mighty wind swept from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them, and they were dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Do you know, when I was in the police... um, I was a sergeant in custody at South Norwood. And uh, they came in and said, Sarge, we're bringing in uh, um, a young person from a children's home who's kicked off. I went, OK. And then someone else came in and said, oh, we're bringing in another one from another youth home who's just kicked off. And I, th- I think they brought a third one in as well. I'm not too sure. It might have just been two, but I think it was three. And you're thinking, hang on a minute. These are all different care homes, but it seems like it's all of a sudden orchestrated. Like They rang each other up and said, let's just go crazy. They didn't, having spoken to them later on, but what's going on? What is going on? Um, At this, Job got up and tore his robe and he shaved his head. Then he fell on the ground and worshipped God and said, Naked I come from my mother's womb and naked I will depart. The Lord gave me and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Now, Was that exactly correct? No. In all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Have you ever done that? Charged God with wrongdoing? That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. And we know that later on, Satan came back to God because Job still hadn't cursed God, rejected God, blamed God. And so Satan said, well, of course he would if, you know, you let me attack his body. And all of a sudden, he was given, the devil was given permission. And then Job became sick, very sick, to the point of wishing he was dead, never being born. Now, maybe you've experienced that feeling as well. He's got to blame. He's got the enemy. Those are just some of the ways that the enemy is still roaming in this world challenging your devotion to God. Wanting you to not be victorious. Wanting you to give up. To reject God. To curse him to his face. He'll even probably send, just like Job had his wife, he'll probably send people to you who will antagonise the situation even more. But Jesus wants you to be victorious. Now, that means clinging to him and loving him and trusting him and not blaming him, even if the circumstances are screaming at you otherwise. And I know that so many of us have gone through several years, maybe years and years, of challenging circumstances that have caused you to doubt sometimes 
have really caused you to feel frustrated towards God. Why? And why haven't I been healed? But yet, you've not totally rejected him. You've not turned your back on him. You've not cursed him and died. You have been victorious. You're victorious right now if you are still clinging to him, even if it's by, by a thread. You're the victorious one. Now we look at... Oh, <laughs> I did say it's going to be short. Now. Okay, let's, let's land this thing, shall we? Um, we know that in the Ukraine... There are war zones, don't we? It's obvious that there's a war going on in parts of Ukraine. When, when Simon Rooksby testified, some parts of Ukraine are still lovely and pretty. You know, you wouldn't even know there's, there's, there's been an invasion. Um, but on other parts, it's obvious you can see the casualties, buildings and people. The truth is, though, that the whole of the world is a war zone when we see what the enemy actually does, when he's responsible for the acts of God, when he's responsible for probably most, if not all, of sickness that he inflicted on Job and everyone else, we're all a war zone. We're all battling. We're all being challenged for our devotion and our love for God. That doesn't mean that we just have to take it. Yes, Jesus said to those who will be put in prison, some of you will die. You won't come out of this alive, but you will be victorious if you cling to me, if you still hold on to your trust in me. But, from we know from Scripture, we know from Jesus' ministry that he also came to push back the darkness. He also came to give victory against the enemy in this life, in this world as well. We see him. It, it, well, the Bible says he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came healing all who were opposed or oppressed by the evil one, didn't we? We're supposed to be victorious. And one of the ways we can help each other, and one of the ways we've heard testimonies today, is by prayer, by encouragement. What Mark said today was he, he found himself in a hole because he'd isolated himself. He stopped reading his Bible, he stopped going to church because of the circumstances and he found himself in a hole and it wasn't until he had that phone call and said yes to an offer of having fellowship and friendship that he began to feel encouraged once more and began to see God working and moving in his life when he began to allow himself to be ministered to and encouraged by other people. So we've got each other today, haven't we? I don't know what you're going through. I know what I've gone through. I know, you know the circumstances that have challenged my devotion to God. And yet, the Holy Spirit is almost like he will not let me give up. Amen. You know that feeling sometimes? Yeah. You know, that, light, that pilot light in me will not die. Um, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. But there might be some of us this morning that are really struggling. Um, it's strange, but in the, in the last two weeks, two people have individually approached me asking for prayer ministry. And specifically saying, I'm in a battle, 
you know, I think I need deliverance from, from evil. And thankfully, on both cases, both people experienced uh, a miracle from Jesus as we prayed for them. And they do feel different. And there was, there was a war going on inside them. The enemy was having a go. And sometimes we can't do it on our own. Sometimes we need to come and ask or go and approach someone for ministry. You know, in James it says, those who are sick, what does it say? Yeah, they should call the elders of the church. If anyone is, if anyone is happy, they should praise and give thanks. Okay? If anyone is sick, they should call the elders of the church. That's one ministry that Jesus gave to you to help you in this battle. Sometimes there's some victories that we won't win, sadly, in this life. We will be victorious if we cling on. But other times, when we ask for prayer, we do get to see the kingdom of God break in and the darkness have to move back. So, um, if anyone needs that encouragement right now of just someone or a group of people just laying on their hands and just blessing them in prayer because they just know that there's a battle going on, that the enemy is, uh, for maybe a long time, been trying to challenge their devotion to God. Then don't be shy. Ask for help now by just raise your hand. And those that are around you will come and just minister to you. And if you feel that you need the, the elders of the church to bless you or a couple of us to come and visit you or for you to visit us and pray for you, then we'd love to. Because you're not alone. We're not meant to be alone. And it's when you isolate yourself that actually the enemy starts to have his way even more.